are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we go deep. And today, we've got the penultimate episode of the Walking Dead World Beyond. There's an eighth episode titled... The Sky, uh, is, a- the sky is a Graveyard. I am a big Jeff Buckley fan, and he has a song called The Sky is a Landfill. Mm. I highly urge you guys to look it up. Jeff Buckley's a genius, and he passed shortly after his second, well, in the process of his second release. Very famous mm. ending of him. It, everybody kind of looks on it as a suicide because he kind of, he also jumped in the Mississippi also, which oh is gosh. kind of an interesting tie into this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was recording in like a like a cabin out in the middle of nowhere. Jeez. So he was recording these demos, which was ultimately used to make his second album, finally. Mm-hmm. And uh, and basically, his the rest of his bandmates uh, finished it up with him. Uh, and some with some contributions from, I think, um, from other famous uh, artists. I think, like, Chris Cornell at the time and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was very... Um, he was a very influential artist from New York City. Well, not originally, but I think. <laughs> and his father, his father Tim Buckley, was a, was kind of like a, a well-known um, folk artist too. Mm. So he had that notoriety behind him. I just thought it was relevant. Definitely have to check that out. Yeah. So we have to talk about the next episode, the the ninth episode of the season. It's going to be a two-hour finale, season finale, mm-hmm. and uh, we we're like debating back and forth pre-show and in in our chats about like what is this going to be nine and ten? They they announced ten episodes and. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't think anybody really knows. I don't think they know. And so I part of what I said when Rachel told me about this was like, and I knew about it because like, obviously I watched the show and I watched Sneak Peek and they mentioned, oh, two hour season finale. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Because when this episode airs, it's also going to be airing Fear the Walking Dead season finale, apparently. I mean, you'd said before that it was going to be, oh, they were going to release two more episodes, but didn't seem like right. it. Oh, Fear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I just had read an article that stated the first half would have nine episodes, but who knows? Like you said, who the hell knows? Sharon is basically saying fear finale tomorrow and the walking dead world beyond double header next week, next Sunday. And that's what I was saying to you in the chat was that, that it makes sense for them to do a fear and the walking dead world beyond this weekend. And then also the next weekend, since we're on the theme of doubles. Okay. When the walking dead universe came back, the first thing that they started with was episode 16 of season 10. And then also the walking dead world beyond first episode, right? Cause we knew we would have more episodes of the walking dead world beyond. And so, of course, they would start with that one first. Uh, and then moving into the next week, we had Fear the Walking Dead's uh, first episode of season six, plus the second episode of The Walking Dead World Beyond, and so on and so forth until, you know, you get to the seventh episode of Walking Dead World Be- sorry, Fear the Walking Dead, which is coming this, you know, this weekend. Our next episode is going to be covering that. So that's that's the end of Fear. And The Walking Dead World Beyond had two just like, apparently, probably two remaining episodes that just said, you know what, let's just throw another double at them. So we'll just make the single a double, you know, that sort of thing. You get a, mm-hmm. a double patty next week of the walking to world beyond just to kind of keep into theme of the doubles so yeah i mean that that makes sense although it's kind of like why not just extend it you know unless they're just like i don't i really don't know i really don't know why they would do that unless they're just trying to make us crazy because you know what now we're just gonna have to combine that two hour special into one big episode coverage i mean i'm happy Mm -hmm. to do maybe a part one part two but honestly i don't know well i guess we're gonna have to record and find out where we end up you know what i mean yeah (laughs) see where we end up i know I mean, we spend, you know, almost three hours on a 40 minute episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, IMDb is not the most reliable. We know this, but episodes nine and 10 have separate titles. So. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's weird. Mm. That's really weird. And after this episode, I really don't know. I don't know which way is up anymore, dude. Yeah. (laughs) 
I am completely, I, I, when we had our premiere for Fear the Walking Dead's sixth episode, we were slightly talking about it and we're like, I don't know what to make of this episode. I feel like it's, um, I don't know how to feel about this episode. There, obviously, <laughs> there's a bunch of things that I feel about Silas's turmoil in his past and his present and a little bit of Elton. But then like, by the time we get to the end, it's like, oh my God, I'm all over the place. Like, I just don't know what to feel by the end of it. Yep. I really do not know which way is up. <laughs> I don't. I don't either. I don't. You know what though? I'm I'm not worried about it. Like I I feel like Carol right now, right? Like I have no I have no idea what the hell's going on, and yeah. I love it. And I'm so here way. for it. I I don't in love the it. most wonderful way. I don't love it at all. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, out front, I don't love it. I I, I don't love it. Uh, the reason why is it's way different than Fear the Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead. I'm like, oh, the possibilities are endless. Here I'm. <laughs> Here I'm like, okay, you know, our biggest complaint about the Walking Dead World Beyond was that, you know, maybe things were going moving too slowly and that, that we were focusing on one or two characters, maybe per episode, probably mostly one, because we would dive into their past and how it would be relevant in the present. It's very unlike, mm -hmm. much unlike, um, you know, the Walking Dead universe as a whole. Like we never really go past the night the sky fell, you know, before the night the sky fell. And we didn't do that too much here anyway. Seems like all, all the mm -hmm. flashbacks from Silas were all post the night the sky fell, you know, Oh, and the mm -hmm. world turned to shit, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. His dad goes on and says, you know, oh, this is what it was like before everything went to hell, even when he was like six years old or whatever, however old he was. But regardless of that, you know, they're not afraid of going further back to kind of bring us to the present. And so mm -hmm. this episode, though, is very, very different from all the other episodes in that, like, now we're shifting our focus from many different arcs instead of just one. You know, occasionally they throw in a CRM thing, you know, at the end or something like that, you know, it, which is easier to to follow right but now it's just kind of like okay they're starting to bleed onto one another especially when you get to the end you realize how much of that end bled into the last two episodes let's say mm -hmm. and maybe the mm -hmm. entire series you know because now you're questioning everything in that amount of time that huck was saying she was scouting two days at you know 48 hours in see what's ahead yep. which we all kind yep. of thought was a little fishy right yeah. a little bit we brought, yeah we said it at the time we're like why wouldn't why would she do this alone but mm. but then we told ourselves there's really no better option is there <laughs> right right uh, it's just a, you know okay well and also we're not in the apocalypse we're not teenagers we're not adults we're not we're not in the apocalypse. We don't know what people do. We're just, we'll be ignorant of that fact. Okay. Moving forward. Mm -hmm. But yeah, as we find out, it's the cabin that Huck stays in when she wakes up in the last episode, which was called Truth or Dare. Uh, that's the same cabin she meets up with Lieutenant Colonel Kublik. Okay. We've got that mm -hmm. under the way. Thank you. I hadn't made that connection, but that makes a lot of sense. She, all she is, she's doing is just walking to the next room where there's a desk and there's a calculator and, and a, an office phone for some reason. I'll, I'll write it right. off. Whatever. At the start of that scene, Kublik is holding the watch that Huck eventually starts wearing back in Truth or Dare. And then Felix is like, oh, like the bling. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, weird, really weird. Uh -huh. Random. We didn't see her pick it up from anybody. Least of all that Marine, that the Marine empty that's walking across that bridge. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we wrote that off. But they, they threw that scene in there so that we would think she did get it off of a dead person, right? I mean, maybe not the Marine, like you said, but could have been a different body. Right. Exactly. Well, this is what we assumed, right? And we're just like, okay, I guess it's fine. Who cares? I don't know where she got it from. Who am I? Right. <laughs> 
Um, but we find out eventually that it's her. Wait, now, I don't want to jump straight to the idea that she's her mom, but she does say, you know, it, it, it is her dad's watch. This is Kubrick says, dad's watch? And she says, yes. Okay, that's fine. I think we need to go into the, are, are you, does that line not convince you that Elizabeth is her mother? It doesn't convince me, that's, but it's everything here. That is, sealed it for me. Everything here is worded so weirdly, though. Don't you agree? Okay, Nisa and I, I think Nisa and I are both convinced for the same two reasons, okay? When Huck walks into this room, the expression on Elizabeth's face is relief. She yeah. is a mother relieved to see her child is still alive and, you know, unhurt and still in one piece. Then when she hands her the watch, Huck says, is this dad's? Not my dad's. Right. Is this dad's? Right. Your mother is the only person you would say that to. If you right. were talking to anybody else, you would say, is this my dad's? And you, and you, you just picked up my lure. <laughs> <laughs> because I well, had that, to be, I mean, that was, that was sealing the deal for me. I had to be the one who said, but it, it's worded very weirdly. I mean, is it not hurt? Cause I have to do that, play that part also, you know, that person that's just on the fence that has to think otherwise. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way it is worded is, is pretty definitive. Sure. Sure. And saying you would also say that to a close family friend is this dad's. I, I mean, I guess just my opinion, I would have to disagree, but that's just, I don't know, maybe the way I talk, maybe somebody else would be different. What Sharon bringing up is a good point. And which is kind of like why yeah. I'm like, I'm, oh, if I start jumping to these conclusions, this is why we're, we're, we're trained to be, have this post-traumatic st stress about the show where it leads us down, like I say all the time, a, a garden path, and then all of a sudden pulls the wool over our eyes. So I, I it's hard for me to kind of go down that path where they're, they're like, it's like, it's like I'm being dragged by my mother to the, to the clothing store where it's just about her and what the, am I supposed to do while I'm in there with her? And then I end mm -hmm. up being going into one of those, you know, those circular clothing racks where you go into the middle oh, yeah. in, in the eye of the storm and, and you just sit there. Yeah, exactly. And then a store employee has to hide find you. Mom. It's like, where's my son? Yep. Where's my son? Yeah, here he is. I found You're him. Watching your mom run around. And, going, he, ah. and he's pulled all the price tags off of the pants. <laughs> <laughs> what I did. <laughs> no, I, 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 I didn't take them off the pants. I, they had this weird, um, perforation that I would just take off. I would just take off that end piece. End piece happened to have <laughs> oh, the I price. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And the end piece happened to have the price on it. So. <laughs> Oh, exactly. Okay. So yeah, Nisa's saying there's only one dad, you know, my mom and my brother are the only ones I'd say dads, everyone else I'd say my dads. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm down for that, but it's also the last names, Jennifer Malik versus Kublik, you know, so there's like things fighting the way I feel about this. Well, I, I could even see, um, maybe Kublik isn't her biological mother, but raised her. She looks at her as a mother figure. Oh God. What if it's like the one, the 100 where it's like the main, the main yeah. guy of the cult is like the father and and everybody follows his word and everything like that and then oh god and 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 kublik and whatever terrible. but kublik answers to orders too we established that like so she's not at the top of the food chain you know what i mean lieutenant colonel right. is far from like a major general you know whatever it's called i have to look that up eventually mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and Sharon is sort of agreeing with me, saying, I mean, I think she is, but I agree with Dave, too. They want you to think that, so. And Nisa goes, she's a spy, goddammit. 
She can't use her mom's name. She used her dad's name. Oh, well, yeah. They, they could have split up and she took her dad's name, right? That's that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And I can't even imagine what the dad's accent sounds like, by the way. Like, if you think about it. Like, if Kublik is right. English and she's all like, well, I don't know what, she, I don't know what Huck is or Jennifer Malik is. Yeah. <laughs> Some kind I don't of- know. But another thing that popped into my head when we see this scene, and, and, and I'm convinced that this is Elizabeth's daughter, and then we find out she is a spy. I immediately went back to um, that first episode, right? Like, what I was kind of commenting on who's the soldier the acting <laughs> well like the oh. the acting and like the overacting and i'm like i i i did see that like i wasn't imagining it i think i was seeing that and like huck really is becoming a different person maybe she was putting on more you know because of that role she really you know she is becoming someone else elizabeth said it i like what nisa says the way elizabeth was, was looking at the watch touching it, it's from someone she loves yeah. you know yeah i guess you know you guys have sold me i i think i think i'll go down <laughs> i think i'll go down walk down this there's no harm in it <laughs> like I'll, I'll be i'll go down it <laughs> but i think more importantly like okay we we're focusing a little bit too much on the relationship but it, whatever we're past that point mm-hmm. kublik is saying this to the sh- to the soldier like there's no easy way bottom or top to bottom this is this is the only way to bring whoever it is the asset whoever the asset yeah. is in <sighs> Mm-hmm. And now we have to talk about that was they, that was what I wrote down. Mm-hmm. Now we have to talk about who the asset is, and I have no idea. Yeah. Like every everything that we're seeing down to the sneak peeks is suggesting that it's Iris, but Nisa's saying hope. I'm thinking hope. Mm-hmm. Nisa's basically putting out hope or Felix, you know, as kind of like, oh, these are, these would be the two least likely assets. <laughs> So there has to I'm, be those I'm thinking assets. It's, right. I, I, I'm thinking it could be hope at this point. I mean, Huck is spending a lot of her time with hope, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point, too. A lot of the interaction in this episode between hope and Huck is very telling. A lot of what's going on is like this struggle between, the, oh, this volley of between, you know, doing the what's for the greater good. Huck is kind of like slowly feeding her CRM talking points and she's using them. Mm-hmm. Hope is using them throughout this episode. And one of the interesting things about that is the volley between Iris and Elton, both telling her that, you know, Iris obviously being the kind of like avatar of what is good, let's say courage, bravery, right? And Elton, yeah. of family, of uh, not abandoning people, even if it means, you know, it might take a little longer to get to your dad, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing and then going back to iris hope says maybe he did it to protect you and right and iris is not not settled by that and says well then he let me live in a lie well she's he's further she the says first dagger to hope she says she, even further she says that would be even harder for me because it would that be would worse mean, yeah it yeah, would be, be worse. right because that means he, yep. he'd be letting me live in a lie so but these come back and then by the end of it elton is basically about to go away he's he's resolved to leave the group because of the events that happen and mm-hmm. you know they've made their decision about Silas, you know, leaving Silas behind or Silas is already going away and Elton's going after him and Elton resolves himself to go after him. And by the end of it, you know, of course, Elton is going, you know, I can't let him, I can't let him live in a lie in essence. So Iris and Elton do a lot of back and forth, you know, double teaming hope on the good out here. You know, the idea of goodness from the, from the last episode, Huck has been kind of instilling in her, you got to let the, you got to keep these secrets so that, you know, keep the monsters at bay. They, the others don't need to know what you did so that they can live. 
And but the one grave, the one shovel, talk about like when they were digging the grave for Tony. The one shovel, the one one big dig that Huck mistakenly tells Hope, which is the very reason why she tells Elton about her past, about what happened to his mom, is saying what's painful in the moment is what what gets you where you need to go. Doing what's best for everyone, everybody, even when you know it's going to hurt. So, you know, she's telling her to, you know, sometimes you have to just, you know, move forward, you know, to move forward, you have to do bad things. But in, in essence, it's the very thing that gets Hope to actually tell Elton at the end, because she decides, you know, based on what Iris is saying, you know, I can't let Elton, if he's going to be leaving us, I can't let him live in this lie. If I may never see him again, I can't have him be out there in the world because you don't, she doesn't even know what, what's going to happen to her moving forward. You know, she could die at any moment. And then so she decides, I can't let him live in the life. I may not see him again. He can't be walking around the world living in this lie, not knowing which way, you know, which way is up. And so she tells him something that's painful for her in the moment. And so that he can get get to where he needs to go. And hopefully with that, Elton can pass that on to Silas so that he knows where he needs to go by the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. For a minute there, we were kind of saying, what if Hope is Huck's child that was given up for adoption? Yeah. I'm leaning more I'm leaning more towards the idea now that she could be her sister. Oh, that's what if, interesting. What if Hope, yeah, what if Hope is Elizabeth's daughter? <laughs> oh, whoa, you just blew my mind. You just blew my mind hardcore. And it makes sense in a way, it makes sense in a multitude of ways. Okay, so what if Huck is Hope's sister? Right. And Elizabeth is their mother. And the only reason, the only, because we've seen Kublik demonstrate the fact that, you know, zero fucks given, like turning on the burners and saying, we have all this electricity. It's all renewable. This is what I surmised, right? Like taking that authority of privilege, that privilege of authority and like exercising and say, this is what it's for. This is what this has all been for, for me to traipse around here like I own the place, but it's also for the greater good. (laughs) And so we see her taking privilege in some in some respects and i wonder if her decimating campus colony i i i don't know she's very upset i know she's very upset about this she gives them this order to go to new york to meet them at the facility probably and if hope is the asset and huck is her sister oh man this is this is just very complicated oh my gosh this I, could is very see, com- I could see it happening that way though i mean yeah well, then th- this would mean that, that they decimated Campus Colony with, you know, making it not easy for them to join them. Uh, Huck giving Hope special treatment. Do you think, okay, so let's start with, do you think Huck knows that Hope is her sister? Ooh. That's another you know, I almost answered with a knee jerk, but I don't. Now I don't know, right? I think I need to think about it. Now I think I need to know about it more. I, I, I Well, man. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I can't say. I can't say. If she really is her sister, it might be better for Elizabeth not to tell her. Yeah, I would say the same thing. To just kind of keep her mission focused and not put emotion into it. Right. If she did know it was her sister, she might start making stupid mistakes. Right, right. Acting emotionally instead of rationally. Right. She can explain to them all once she's integrated into the CR, let's say. You know, like, okay, mm-hmm. meet your sister. This is what it was for. Right. <laughs> Once they're safe, they can reveal the big secret. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So Nisa's, there's Nisa's sharing a, per, a pretty important quote, too, that Huck says, dads have a strange way of showing their love. She does refer to her dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And her dad did mention in the wrong end of a telescope that you'd think that he would be proud of her joining the Marines. And yet not really or not, not conclusive. <laughs> we don't really know. Right. Her, right? 
I remember getting the impression like maybe he's not so proud. <laughs> yeah, or I don't know. We don't really know. We don't know what what the end of result of that was. Like all that's all she responded though. Dads have a funny way of showing mm -hmm. how much they love you, or a strange way of showing their love, right? So okay, so there's that. So yeah, could this have all been all this whole ruination have been for Hope to join Kublik in the Republic? The only way, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's hard because can you imagine le you know decimating a community? all for the sake of hope joining which could have a, like a double effect of like okay if she comes in leo can give us you know leo won't be so standoffish things went bad you know who who knows what happened and one of the complications that come up again this is why i get so weirded out by how this episode played out one of the sneak peeks is obviously of leo bennett making out with lila it looks like at least lila belshaw belshaw yeah could could be her it was a very quick he was definitely kissing somebody <laughs> yeah it looked it looked like lila though didn't it well, all, all I saw was the back of her head. And I don't, have we seen Lila with her hair down yet? I thought it was mostly up, up the it, two times it, we saw her. I don't it, remember now. What if it was Huck? <gasps> right? What if it was? I thought for like a microsecond, <laughs> what if it was Huck? And it kind of technically <gasps> is her mom. <laughs> like it goes back to the mom thing. Oh my gosh. Yikes. But then like, okay, then why just one <sighs> asset, right? So, yeah, right? So I, I can't, I don't know. Oh, so perverted. Well, we, we've said the whole time that Elizabeth is obviously following orders as well. So the, the destruction of Campus Colony might not have been her idea. She might have been ordered to do that, right. knowing full well her, her daughter and her friends live there. And so she slipped them the, the map to get her out before for the slaughter. Right. And so let's stick with that. I, I'm more comfortable with that than a just figuring out some sort of plot to just drive them out of that camp. And you know, yeah. Kublik said it best, like they were going to be a threat. Yeah, it's very possible mm -hmm. that the orders came up on high and she did a thing where she could at least let, you know, what's the harm in just letting these people survive? Do you think if anyone other any CRM soldier were to find them, would they know that they came from Campus Colony and that they should be dead? Only by the insignia. So one of the sneak peeks is um, okay. is Elton telling, begging Silas to not turn himself into the CR. The thing is, one of the things we always said about the CR is that if you if if you they if you see them or if they see you, you're already dead. So I'm very nervous yeah. about the next two hour you know finale. I am too. I am too. <sighs> Yeah, and and especially if your your colony was meant to be decimated, you know why why would you spare the, the remainders? And who on whose orders? And is it Kublik's people? You know, and that's the other thing. So I want to get to Huck. You know, Huck's strategy, like the idea of you know, let's talk about Percy and Tony. Are we all on the same page that Huck was the one to kill Tony? That was the I, other big I, thing that I wanted to talk about. I definitely think Huck's a possibility. Yes. Yep. I mean, I'm not going to say 100% sure she did it, but I I think she's a big contender for that. Yes. Throughout this episode, I will convince you that that is 100% Huck. And not only that, she killed Percy too, for sure. See, I think Percy's still alive. You do? I And, I, and I will, yep. And I will tell you why I think that. Oh, okay. I would love to hear that because all I kept hearing, okay, to, to get Percy out of the way is the, the blood trail to the river. And I can easily see Huck mm -hmm. running after. Because one of the things we said, we didn't, we didn't know if it was one person's footsteps or another's or like multiple. Mm -hmm. And I think I can easily see uh, Percy trying to run away from Huck, who is, you know, 100% perfectly fit, you know, a, a specimen of military training, you know, full with yeah. constantly having to do PE to stay fit. 
I can see her yeah. easily catching up with him to Percy, dragging his ass to the river. Why would it stop at the river and drowning his mm-hmm. ass and letting let, letting the current take him downstream? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, could have could have happened that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, why would it stop at the river? I don't think it did. What's at the river? So yeah, tell me what, why you think um, Percy's still still alive. Is that what you're contending? I do. I think Percy's still alive. When we're inside and everybody's kind of discussing, did Silas do it? Didn't he do it? And Elton brings up, um, you know, Percy's out there. Somewhere where if we could find him, he can tell us what happened. And then the camera focuses on Huck's face. Yes. And she looks panicked, like, oh, shit. If they do find him, I'm toast. What you said about <laughs> panic, I, I, I saw somebody who had to do something that she didn't really want to do. That was not what I saw. Okay. I saw. I saw guilt. Okay. I saw, like, okay. All right. oh, you know, the things that we have to do, the, the painful thing in the moment, you know? Like, it keeps yeah. repeating, especially at the end when she's talking to Kublik, it repeats again, you Huck needs to not only bring them in, but to watch and listen to anything that might come up. That's another thing that came up. So it's not just about getting the asset. It's about finding out whatever she can about what they know. Maybe about maybe about Leo's research. Maybe about the communities, what they were on to, what the asset mm. may represent. If not just being Kublik's daughter, it might be something else. And also, like the reason why I bring it up at all, not just because it's confusing as all hell. Why kill Tony? Why kill Percy? I'm assuming. I'm just going to go off that theory. And why indict Silas, right? Because as we start to see in the sneak peeks, their, her thing is about get separating the asset from the others or separating her. We confirm the asset is a her. So it's either Iris or, uh, Iris or Hope. Mm-hmm. So part of what she's going to have to do moving forward, the, hard, the harder thing is to separate Felix, Elton, obviously, but that's been taken care of. But now it really is just comes down to Felix and one of the sisters, whoever isn't the asset. And so killing Tony um, and Percy and then indicting Silas takes a few of those people off the board. We get a few of those very, very variables off the board. Even Huck is acknowledging me take Silas back to Omaha, which was never going to happen anyway, because one of one of one of Huck's suggestions to Felix is the plan B was taking the girls all the way to New York, which was her ideal. Right. So how crazy is that? That all that plan all along was about taking them to New York. Okay, so let's Mm -hmm. go back. So Silas was never going to make it. They were always going to leave Silas behind. And one of the other things that Huck mentions just after that initial conversation, she goes out to Silas's bag with Silas that's nearby and she goes, I'm sorry, kid. And in, in quotes and in parentheses, I have to do this because I have to throw myself off the scent. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not certain that Huck uh, orchestrated it that way so that so that Silas would be a suspect. But once it happened, she had to she had to she had to continue that story. Right. Well, here's another thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she intended it either. But I think also like framing Silas just to kind of throw her. I mean, I think she has to she finds that she has to further indict Silas, I think. So she takes the mm-hmm. and here's the thing what she says about the campfire oh i saw this at the last camp you know that he was looking at iris's pictures there's no way there's no way i think she went through all of their things sure (laughs) sure and and saw this silas doesn't pull that stuff out in front of people does he i don't know that's exactly usually look at that in front of other people i wrote that down there's no way there's absolutely no way he would ever do that yeah i didn't think of that but you're absolutely right no those are those are private and secret so yeah nisa's convinced (laughs) that percy escaped what Mm. nisa's contending is felix Felix can now go after the boys silas and silas and elton and she can move on forcing her plan b to go with the girls on to wherever at new york let's say yeah Mm -hmm. and she Nisa's confirming what 
I was saying kids twice my size, she couldn't handle him. So Felix has to go after them. She's basically angling it. So Felix has to go and, and help the boys. But as we see in the sneak peeks, it right. doesn't, doesn't quite turn out that way. Huck knows damn well she can handle, Fe- uh, handle Silas. That's not the case, but she wants him. She wants Felix to go with the boys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's just no way. Mm-hmm. There's just no way. <laughs> yeah. And we all know that the CR wants what the CR gets. You know, they're not going to take any extra or minus. So yeah, I don't know how this is going to shape out. Yeah. And that's why I said too in my notes, divide and conquer. That's right. Little, okay. So you said the Walking Dead wiki is pretty reliable. Yeah. Okay. I went there today to, to get a little bit of information um, and I've got more than I planned on. Mm, okay. Uh, according to Walking Dead wiki, the apocalypse started in 2010 when Walking Dead did. Okay. <laughs> Silas was born in 2003. Okay. His last name is Plastet. Yeah, I, I heard that, that too. Oh, right, right. I hadn't heard it. When did we hear it on the show? We didn't. I don't think we did. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Marco Voci is actually his mother's brother. Okay. So that's the, Makes sense. the name difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought I saw. So Kai Lennox is who plays um, Gary, Silas's father. Uh-huh. And and I thought I saw him on a Buick commercial, but for the life of me, I couldn't find it to confirm. <laughs> okay. I'm just watching TV and Eric was sitting at the computer and I go, is that, is that Silas's dad? And he turns and looks like, is that, is that Silas's dad in that car? <laughs> He's like, I think it is. He got his big break Hopefully. before I got his big break in the face. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. It was funny too. The guy, it looked just like him if it wasn't. Yeah. Could be brothers. I'm not 100% convinced that the uh, night the sky, fe- sky fell slash the apocalypse started in 2010 though. Just given, I don't know. Are you? Because it, does, it doesn't make sense if Sabina James is in the in the yearbook and she's still in school. You know, the, that's the year. That's our yeah. right. This is, this is the graduating class, right? Why would okay, she be, could why, why would she be in class, school for two more years? Right, right. Why would there be a 2008 yearbook still in there? Nisa is saying two, 2009, but uh, I think she's graduated. So why should would she still be in school? This doesn't mm. make sense. I mean, your could yearbook be a shelter. Your your yearbook comes out at least a month before you're graduating. By the before the time you graduate, the oh. high school might be like the, sh- the shelter though. I like yeah yeah. That's what like Nisa when everything says. happened. Oh yeah yes, like a like a bomb shelter. I want to say yeah. I mean technically <laughs> sure. Oh, and then they try to survive. Okay, that is a good way to look at it. You know, but like, yeah, but two years. So, so that would narrow it down to 2009, maybe, right? Because you class would, class would have already started. And well, then I keep going back to what Nora said on Fear the Walking Dead, too, about the Christmas party that they had Mm -hmm. in 2008. I thought, was it 2008 or had we figured out that it had to have been 2009 Christmas party? It was 2008. Christmas party. She mentions the Christmas party was in 2008. So, okay. But that's December of 2008. And then 2009 is right after that. so. So it would be. 2009. There's no way it wouldn't be. Could be, yeah. It doesn't make sense to mm. hold these characters behind, have the 2008 yearbook. So it has to be before the 2009 yearbook came out, which means, you know, sometime between December and let's say yep. May or April. April sounds actually kind of right because April was probably the night the sky fell. I think we've narrowed it down. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Mm, okay. We could do timelines forever. Timelines. Timelines. <laughs> anyway. Timelines. <laughs> you mentioned something really cool about the title sequence. Oh, just just how how cool it was. Like it like totally flipped around and the words were like coming out from the I just thought it was really cool. It was very visually pleasing. Would you would you say that Silas's world was turned upside down? Yes. And I thought, <laughs> yeah. And I thought the way they did that was just perfect for the episode too. Nisa. It really 
described it well. Oh, Nisa got the yes. jinx because we said the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, yeah. you know, like we're putting Silas in a position where he really has to confront his past, something that he's been avoiding, yeah. you know? Mm. Oh, should we go into it? Do we, should we, should we do it? I think, I think now's the time. Because mm -hmm. you, you forced it upon us. <laughs> Blaming you. <laughs> this is why. Okay. Well, it's a big, it's a big chunk. Let me, let me just yeah. say this out front. So by the time I got done with this episode, just before our premiere on Friday of uh, last Fear the Walking Dead episode, I was like, I don't know what to think about. First of all, I don't know what to think about this episode. It goes all over the place. And like, it, it's akin to looking at what the coronavirus actually looks like. And that's how I feel about this episode. It goes this way, that way, the little crowns from the coronavirus. It goes this way and that way. <laughs> and and I'm not saying I don't like it. I actually do like it a lot. It is different than what the slow play of focusing on separate characters, what they're doing here, which is kind of similar to what they're doing in Fear the Walking Dead, where you're having these character-focused episodes, you know, with here and there with other characters and seeing comes what comes up. But then, um, yeah, I mean, the, the other part of it is when it comes down to breaking down this episode, because it goes here and there and everywhere, that means we have to kind of piece that stuff back together. And that's what I was kind of like i'm like oh man i have to we have to go through all this it's just so much and and missing certain things and i'm, I'm not afraid of missing some things but i just want to make this a cohesive as cohesive an episode as possible and so that's been the tough part but you know what stream of consciousness yeah. consciousness is in our corner and hopefully that'll win the day <laughs> stream of consciousness also means we might miss a couple things because we flow into <laughs> each subject so this is this is going to be the, the meat and potatoes of what we're talking about today because again it is still a character focused episode even though at the end it kind of ruins everything for us all of our perceptions <laughs> okay so similarly to the way silas is tied up we as we find him and the world is upside down the first thing that we see in silas's flashbacks is of him waking up from being blacked out post his dad's beat up mm -hmm. and he runs over to his dad he get, his dad goes ew <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he really starts remembering what happened in the struggle just before this fight. As he remembers it, they drop some knowledge on us from the way that his dad is yelling at him. And he says, wipe that stupid look off your face and answer me. Do you want to live in this shit? Answer me. Are you a pig? So it does show images of a messed up house of uh, dirty dishes everywhere. So I don't think he's like fat shaming him. I don't think it's right, that no, no, per no. se. I, I thought that at first when first watch and then like I saw the dirty dishes mm -hmm. and I'm like, in squalor and then he says something that i only saw in the captions didn't really pay much attention to on first watch which was disrespecting the house that your grandparents left for us this is pappy and, and grammy was that her name i can't remember her name yeah something like that yeah pappy, pappy and grammy yeah and, and this seems like this is his dad's parents right because it would be wouldn't it like if you were that fired up about it i think so yeah seems like he's defending his parents you know and so you're you're gonna make a mess throws dish at him I'll teach you, throws, throws him against the wall and starts choking him. I'll teach you to disrespect this house. So this is very interesting because he's fighting very, very hard to defend his defenseless grandparents in a way, like meaning they're gone. I'm the only one left. I have to take care of this place, which you are messing up in his yeah. perspective, let's say. And it follows up like later on, we see flashbacks of Silas at a dinner table, his dad pouring booze. I, I feel like I know I'm jumping ahead, but I want to connect. <laughs> I want to connect it to this idea that because we're talking about the dad, you know, what could have made Silas, first of all, do what he did. What caused his dad to go down a different path? Because later on, we see that flashback of him on the, at the dinner table, Silas putting on his, his headphones at the dinner table, not listening to either of them. His dad talking about taking him to the bazaar to pick out a present for his his mom, and he's not listening. And then as we go through this episode, we 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 find out okay, one of his happiest memories is of he and his dad li 
listening to rock music. And that has, it, talk about the thing that makes you, that solidifies the rest of your life is we always see Silas with his headphones on full blast, not wanting to hear anybody or anything else, wanting to live in his bubble. Now, who else in this party is constantly reading something to reinforce this bubble he has of his mom? Mm -hmm. Elton. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, these two characters are both living in this weird bubble where they're keeping their fondest memories of their parents. And the music isn't just the music. It really isn't at all about the music. The music, the music is about their happiest memories of their parents. Because as Elton is even talking about his mom, he's talking about, you know, even if her, her voice was sucky, it was still her voice. You know, even if, even if she was, you know, she was making pancakes or something. Was it pancakes in the morning? Or was it waffles? So, yeah. Waffles. Waffles? Pancakes? Does it really matter? And then somebody will hit me in the face. Of course it matters. Pancakes versus waffles. <laughs> Obviously it's pancakes. It is pancakes. I think it was pancakes. Nisa says you don't get worked up about in-laws <laughs> unless they are there, unless they're in your face and you're like, oh God, get out of my face. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So the, the, I like the crossover between what people perceive as their idealized versions of their parents, you know, them being gone and we have to kind of live in the, in the best parts of the past. But obviously as we find out, like, and we may find out a little bit more about Elton later on, we'll discuss that. But um, eventually that bubble has to get popped at some point because especially for Silas, because the small minuscule part of his past that he, uh, he idealizes and adores, you know, comes tumbling down around him, even though at well after his dad, he has to put down Walker dad, he still oh, does yeah. what he does to kind of keep this moment in time he has with him because he doesn't have anybody or anything else left. Yeah. Th and that was his first violent incident, by the way, when, when he's pouring the booze, talking about the bizarre, the very last thing, very last part of that flashback, his dad is outraged, picks Silas up by his hair or his neck. And, you know, he grabs the headphones off his head. Right, right. And that's, yeah. you know, I don't know if that's the first violent incident between he and his dad, but later on, we do find out that yeah. they're the violent in incidents, violent incidents were not limited to when he was a teenager. That was him as a teenager. But when he was a kid, he would beat on his mom. It was like the second to last or one of the last few flashbacks as a kid at six years old, he's stepping on the, um, on the picture frame of him as a child. And he's remembering two simultaneous events. He's remembering his dad bandaging his knee and then that idealized version of the past where his dad is simulating a rock concert, feeling the music in your body, you know, that, that what it must have been like to be at a rock concert. And then also like as he one just before that though we do see a small snippet of you know when you see the blood on the bathroom door what his dad obviously reached for he reached for a lot of pills to kind of it looked like he took a little too many pills which is probably why he's dead but he flashes back once he opens the bathroom door and sees his mom all beat up from the feet up from his dad yeah so it, it's it moved on from beating his wife to beating him and once he starts seeing the disrespect to his parents household so then one of the most repeated motifs by the way, on the show, it that is the knocking, right? There's a lot of knocking in this episode when it goes from flashback to flashback, sort of in the middle in the beginning. And you you meet the neighbor with paper thin walls, the referring to his dad as a human refuse. Um, you know, so this has happened repeatedly over time, over 10 years, let's say, to between his mom and him. And then eventually it got to him. Well, when when the neighbor comes over and speaks up, my first thought, uh, it reminded me of Porch Dick Pete. Porch Dick Pete was, was 
was beating Jesse and, and the boys and everybody kind of knew it and nobody Said anything did anything about, about it. it. Yeah. You know, so we know that was happening in, in, in a gated community post-apocalypse too. But this woman did so, did try to do something about it. You know, I, I, she didn't force it upon him, obviously forced the choice upon him, but she did try. Yeah. I love the, the focus in on her hand too, when she puts her hand out and says, you know, come with me right now. And the camera really focuses on that. And I just thought, oh, take her hand, take her hand, go, go, go. Would you agree with me that the, I think the reason why he didn't take her hand is because I think, you know, given the fact that he woke up from being blacked out from a blackout rage and did what he did, do you think that maybe he felt like he deserved it? Like that he's just as bad as his dad in, in a sense? I think. Or that, maybe worse because he didn't walk away with those kinds of bruises. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think when you live in a situation like that and you live with a father like that, it becomes normal. I think Silas was just so accustomed to this behavior that he was more afraid of his dad. Even even in the state that he was, he was still so afraid of him. You know, he snaps at the neighbor when he and he says, "You know, don't call the cops. My dad doesn't like cops." I just I think he's still so terrified of his dad in that moment that he he doesn't believe that help is possible. The normalization of violence and shitty behavior and, and like also yeah, the, and which causes people to think there's there's just no way out. You know, so Sharon is saying, "I love that Silas hit him." With the family picture it made me think of charlie and the family pictures in close your eyes this is season four oh. was it episode i think it was 10. what's interesting is that we do find out that by the end of it when he puts down his dad his walker dad let's say one of the things that happens just afterwards is his mom says stay back and one of the factoids oh. that nisa mentions is um even you know his mom even testified against silas and yet still the whatever that court body ruled that it whatever it was was in self-defense mm -hmm. and i like like that we mentioned Felix because one of the interesting things about that is that you know you're talking about a character whose parents completely rejected him you know Felix period mm -hmm. and so like what I was like struggling with in that moment where Felix comes up to him with the water is like if you only knew if you only knew you know mm -hmm. he was on I think to mention that his even his own parents uh, testified against him and maybe that's why he comes over maybe that's why he's giving him the water but to know exactly what happened like he you know nobody really knows no nobody's still knows it's kind of like huck's past you know like you didn't know the the shit that i had to do in order to keep my mom safe let's say or myself safe that that, that scene between uh when Silas's mom, you know, right after he takes out Walker dad and his mom's like terrified of her own son. I am still so angry. And I was so, so mad at his mom in that moment. Like this, this is, this is your baby and he needs you. Like if this were my son, if I were in this situation, I, the, I wouldn't even think about it. The first thing I would do is wrap my arms around him. Are you okay? Are you okay? But she's, more, she's more scared of him. That is a, that is a piss poor, sad excuse for a mother. Right. Well, and Nisa rightly points out that like, you know, she's yeah. still Still might have had Stockholm syndrome even after the guy was dead. I'm not going to say. I, I agree. I, I agree, and that's that's what I told myself. But, but years after years of abuse, that'll do it for you. Sure. Still doesn't make it right. Well, it's, it's it's an excuse. But yeah. Doesn't make it right. It's it doesn't make any of it right. I mean, even even Silas not reaching out for help. That's also it's also indicative of what they've had to live through apparently. But this is well, this is kind of like the thing I wanted to stress though from the beginning was that the night the sky fell, let's say for them for everybody. 
and trying to keep the families together. It's like you, you see that outside the windows of your own, of the comfort of your own homes and cities, the world has gone to shit. And part of the reason why people don't think settlements can survive is also because trying to live on and not acknowledging that. I think it's kind of like Alexandria. I'm glad you brought it up. Trying to and not acknowledging that the world has crumbled around them has only made things worse for them. They're not acknowledging the family turmoil. They're, or they're not acknowledging the outside stress that has no choice but to seep into the walls and windows. You see the scenes of him when he's six years old, even though at six years old, he was already beating on his mom. This was post the fall uh, and already drinking. All of that must have just gotten worse and worse and worse and how things crumble and crumble and crumble around them. But in, in a weird way, things crumble in order, for, like things fall apart in order for other things to grow. You know, that's that's yeah. that's the other thing that I noticed as well. It's like as, as badly as things have to crumble around them, you know, this is an order. It wasn't so that everything could, it's not like an apocalyptic tale. It's not, it's not what the world beyond is supposed to represent. Things have to fall apart so that beauty can spring up in its place. This is kind of like what we see all around them. We have to break things down in order to rise up again. It's kind of like the past is dead. You know, what does that actually mean? Well, that means once I kill the past, I can become something bigger and bigger. Was it strike me down and I'll be more powerful than you can ever imagine? Star Wars? <laughs> Silas is remembering the way his mom looked at him as this walker is crawling Coming towards closer. him. Yeah. Right. And at first I, I saw Silas trying to like figure out how to get away, right? He's scared. He doesn't want to be eaten by a walker. And the more he thinks about the way his mother looks at him, the more I see him like coming around and, and like, I don't know, almost seeing himself the way his mom did. Like, like if, if my own mother thought I was a monster, maybe I am. Yeah. Which echoes. And that was when he kind of just sort of like let go and was like, all right, if, if this walker's going to eat me, it's going to eat me. And he just stared at the stars and waited. <laughs> that statement gets echoed also, like when he's talking to Iris later on in the episode, he's like, you know, I know what I am. I, I don't yeah. want you to see me like this but I know what I am. It's not that I killed my dad. I killed Tony. I killed Percy. I'm a killer. Essentially is what he says. I can't run away from what I am. And it's true. I mean, like, look, I don't know about Tony and Percy. I'm hundred percent, like a thousand percent convinced that that was Huck. But you know, one, one of the things that I do want to bring up just as a side note, I, I didn't include it. I didn't include it in the episode. I don't think, but the last episode of Fear the Walking Dead, uh, 606, I, I mentioned Medazolam and what its effects are. And it, it, every time I keep coming back to this point about Silas, it's not remembering certain things. I remember that medazolam is an anesthetic, and one of its side effects is uh, the inability to make um, short-term memories for as long as it's oh. in your system. And I kept mm -hmm. like buzzing in my ear as this was happening, and I was wondering, like, okay, maybe Huck sees that he's off his, you know, off the wagon or whatever. You know, I mean, look, mm -hmm. Silas is the son of an alcoholic. It's very possible that he has the same disease as his dad. Knowing that, Huck can also probably put medazolam in his system, and, he, and this just makes sure that he does not remember what happens when he gets drunk. You know, and and so I, I wonder if that's part of the strategy as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, that's interesting too. Good thing to include. Sharon is saying, oh. which is why Virginia didn't want June to administer it to Wes because she mm -hmm. wants him to remember those memories. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So maybe, maybe I should have brought it up. <laughs> maybe I should have kept it in. <laughs> I just thought it was a dumb factoid. And then like eventually, of course, now it all makes sense. <laughs> So yeah, so Huck, yeah. Huck might actually have medazolam or, or uh, it could be something else. And then it makes Absolutely. Silas not remember anything. So, yeah. 
Okay, so one one of one of the things in his flashback that I thought was interesting, which was a happy memory, was the orange, the orange with the CRM logo. This is way back when, right? When he was a kid, right? If I remember yep. right. Yep. This yep. threw me for a little bit of a loop, right? Because ha- that early on for the CRM to have been established, or the mm-hmm. or the whatever the the pact of the three. I think that speaks to your theory. Didn't weren't didn't you say various factions of different militaries banded together to form the CRM? I mean, CRM could have been around the night the sky fell. They could have started right then. Well, more than the civil defense. I don't know about any of other military factions, but the civil defense, you know, maybe the statewide civil defenses got together and formed a big thing called the Civic Republic. Uh, Sharon, he has a obligatory, better call Saul reference. <laughs> In Breaking Bad Universe, uh, oranges are very bad news. Harbinger of death. Ooh. Oh, mm. okay. There you go. And dad died. <laughs> <laughs> and dad. That ended that. <laughs> Don't eat oranges. Yeah, so but wait, not- mm-hmm. Father Gabriel calls Rosita his half an orange. <gasps> yeah, so half death. <laughs> it's half. half or- it's so half- she's half dead. It's half a warning. <laughs> <laughs> All I meant to do to bring that up was like how quickly they established themselves. And the reason why that logo is on there is to illustrate the fact that they have already established some sort of production and manufacturing because there's no way, there's no way that isn't like a CRM or CR orange. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, right. And it could have been Portland. That's the thing. I don't know what to make of that because it could be that their, their manufacturing is all like a, a like a group project because the Civic Republic is its own ed- entity, but it also represents... The Alliance of the Three, that's what it's called, which is Omaha Campus Colony in Portland. And then CR just kind of walks into it. So it's technically their logo, the Alliance of the Three, but the CR takes their, that logo for themselves or something like that. It's never really 100% clear. Mm-hmm. So I'm just confused by yeah. that reference. So yeah, it, it throws me for, again, this is like another reason why this episode kind of goes this way and that, because I just don't know wh- how, why it's coming up this early. It makes me crazy. Mm-hmm. There's never any clarity to all this. I don't know which this. way is up. <laughs> Part of his favorite memory is looking up into the stars, this, the glow-in-the-dark stars on his ceiling, which is why he keeps looking up. It's his happiest, so it's a visual representation of his happiest memory. When he can't have his headphones, that's what he sees, and it reminds him of that. So I, I like what's going on here. So all this time we assume, okay, it's the happy memory of his grandparents, and which is true, probably. Like, part of it is a connection to his dad, his grandparents, Grammy and Pappy. Oh, and yeah, and Lisa said, or sorry, Sharon, he says she saw a meteor in the sky, Elton's dad's picture. Right. Yeah. That's a good connection too. him explaining how, yeah. you know, oh, it's, it's really a fiery ball of thing. And it just, as it goes into the earth, it burns up. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice, nice, nice connection. These <laughs> or uh Sharon D part of the happy memory also is going back to the semi present where just before his Walker dad is banging on the door, he's, he's turning up the music and then he put the, puts the headphones on and then he blasts that up all the way up. And then the Walker dad walks away as he reaches his dad and his dad is turned and Silas's room, he, they're playing Lucian, Lucian Black's uh, Battleground. Doesn't that song come on just, he puts the cassette in once he gets to his room. Is it playing while he's pushing his dad away? Oh, no, no, it's not. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> you're right. He, he, that's what he clicks okay. on in the room because he plays another song in the past as his favorite memory. Correct. Yeah. There's two different songs all in the same scene. Yeah, all in the same kind of scene room, let's say, but yeah. <laughs> different times. But this is the one in the, in the semi-present, you know, just after he discovers his dad yes. turns, pushes 
him away, goes to his room, closes the door behind it, locks the door, blasts this thing on, and that's what he blasts. And the lyrics are, in days long ago, in not too distant times, men fought for freedom. They paid the price with their lives. They fought the rulers of their country. They won the battle, the right to be free. The king is gone. The rules shall be written by our hand to proclaim for all to see across this land. I like this little story. I didn't really get a chance to review it as much as copy and paste it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. marching into battle time and time again, fighting for this nation with brothers and friends, taking proudly with them the symbol of the times, flying high above them the stars and stripes. And wait, it gets worse. <laughs> and uh, I think this is like a lull in the song or whatever, like the uh, the bridge. But like our flag, our pride, our joy, our life, the symbol of freedom of love, preserve it, protect it, abolish ill intent, proudly display it high above. Very patriotic in like a... <laughs> In like a metal sort of way. Okay. So, yeah. so we get the the image of, well, again, like Huck, brothers in arms, fighting for freedom, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So far, so good. Line peace, my son, will drape you with the flag that once flew high above you and now a tattered rag. The river that flows nearby will breeze the heat away. The sun beats to warm the ground. Such a lonely day. And then at the end of the song, it goes, love it. <laughs> It becomes a very somber song, like as somber as metal can be. Such a lonely day. I had I had written in my notes. I thought it was interesting. I I don't know what to make of it. I just thought it was interesting that they took the first verse of that song, but the last verse of the next song to use in the episode. I don't know what the meaning is, but I just took note that they they use the first verse of Battleground and in the flashback within a flashback, they play the last verse of Light the Night by Child. I feel like there's something there that I'm missing, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, the first song song kind of illustrates, you know, fighting against tyranny, fighting brother with brother you know moving on and then and you know this you know display the pla- flag pride etc but the, this the the flag doesn't only represent pride but it also represent loss you know so, so it becomes like not only a symbol of freedom of of rejoicing and liberty but it also represents mourning you know lying peace sun will drape you with the flag once that once flew high above you now a tattered rag so meaning well, is, that makes complete sense right the, silas his dad's life is ending but his freedom is just beginning <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. 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 And maybe that's the way he's looking at his dad. Like, okay, maybe he was a pretty good guy back when it sounded like he was like, even just after the night, the sky fell. Yeah. At some point, you know, but you have, you have to lay his memory to rest. You know, what was once something that could have represented something bigger now represents something that is lost to you. You know, the sun beats to the sun beats to warm the ground. Such a lonely day. Like the truth, the song Mm. representing the truth, the truth is supposed to be healthy on this lonely day you know take solace in that you know like as with as much as you're going through at the moment because this is again this is his dad is dead (laughs) so yeah so maybe take solace in the fact that he's dead you know like there is a positive here yeah (laughs) flashing back to his dad and his happy memory this is the happy memory song okay even though he mentions Mm -hmm. acdc in 88 let's move on (laughs) okay so like you said this is um child c-h-y-l-d light the night Mm l-i-t-e the n-i-t-e so (laughs) even though the the captions are wrong this day you're happy the next day you want to fly the next you want to fly so now you're looking for someone to share the ride this night you're so oh dad and son okay just kidding anyway um maybe this night you're ruling you're hot you're on your own leave leave all your hates behind forget the life you've blown 
Well, that's interesting because that's his happiest memory. And yet it seems like now that you're in the present, that's what this represents. This night you're ruling, this night you're hot. Oh, you're, you're in better times. You're on your own. You leave your hates behind. Mm -hmm. Forget the life you've blown, the life that you've blown. How mm -hmm. interesting. That's very prophetic. <laughs> okay. Right, and of course, the chorus, oh, the genius chorus. We want to feel it, feel it now. Oh, <laughs> there's no way to say that any other way. And the next part is that you've got to feel it. There's just no way to hide that extra special light that opens your eyes. You know, so you have to see, you have to see the truth, the thing that opens your eyes. And, and again, prophetic, because you're using this song to medicate, to go back to a time where you're in this bubble of your happiest memory of your dad, the thing that, the very thing that ruined your life, technically. And the song is telling Silas, you can't hide anymore. You have to see the truth. Okay. So open up now and turn the, that power on, let the music take control and let, and let you do your stuff. You know, so don't let music be the thing that makes you hide Silas, make it empowering. Let it be the thing that helps you accomplish things. Right. And mm -hmm. then of course the chorus again we want to we want to feel it feel it now oh light the night light the night okay so light the night light be the light that is that light shines in the darkness you know don't be don't succumb to it don't let the night swallow you okay so you can take me and turn my heart around you can take me but you're losing all your ground oh that's interesting you can make the difference in my life you can you can you can you could be the one that woos me let's say right but you can also take me and you're losing all your ground so like the ground to walk on stability so okay so maybe that is a hint to iris let's say you can take me and turn my my heart around but you can also take me but you're losing all your ground so maybe it's not the right time maybe you still need to go through this if you take me it's just too early the ground isn't stable yeah and so nisa's saying the world turned upside down his world turned upside down so it just doesn't make sense for him to do so so maybe he's starting to listen to the song this is the turnaround this is the second one of the second few uh verses so okay <laughs> there's no other way to say this you need i see electric in your eyes you take i make all your living lies so that's what we hear in the episode too mm. those are the lyrics on the show wow mm -hmm. from the past right yeah the past yeah. scene yeah okay and of course the chorus we want to feel it <laughs> feel it now oh light the night light the night and then the rest of the song is light the night so so i think that last lyric before before the chorus is you need i see electric in your eyes so like you need like i i think it's the loving father you need the electric in your eyes you take i make all your living lies so um, but in response, the father says, oh, man. you take, I make, you know, all your living lies. I'm the, I'm the thing that's producing all these lies. You know, you may be dazzled by the electricity, the thing that I'm giving you in this moment, but it's all a lie. It all crumbles. You you have no ground. It all crumbles around you. And, <laughs> yeah. the, and he's just saying yeah. like, like the night, the sky fell. Yeah. The world turned upside down. It was a watershed moment. Yeah. yeah and well, and light the night, right? The, the, the night, like a meteor, like the sky falling, like all that stuff. Stuff. like all this is an allegory for like the night the sky fell also mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that's that's gonna be in my head for a little while <laughs> i don't know <laughs> if song. i i don't know if i fully process it like it's it's it just overall <laughs> overall it sounds like you know be the light in the darkness don't live a lie don't go for iris when you know there's a little bit more work to do don't let your father's pain and lies go unacknowledged stop living in a bubble a bubble of his your most idealized version of him which is what he's been doing this entire
entire time. Well, and I think by the end of the episode, we see Silas step out of that bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that a lot. That evokes feelings of like super Silas three. That we were talking about, like he doesn't need this anymore. He steps out of the bubble. He realizes the truth just as Elton is also embracing the bead that hope eventually gives him because as we're about to tell you, and we mentioned this in the episode, obviously how Huck's own words inspires hope by the end of it mixed with Iris's evaluation and Elton's evaluation about living in a lie, you know, Oh, Mm -hmm. I won't let Silas live a lie that nobody else can will believe in him. Hope's Iris says, you know, Silas protecting me and not telling me that he did is me living in a lie. Like, why aren't you telling me that you killed them for me? That makes things worse. And look, there's the pressures to to tell Elton has been going throughout this, the last few episodes. You you see little indicators of of Elton obviously saying, maybe she is alive. Oh, she's definitely alive. And this episode, like right, right before she tells him, he's like, I'm going to find my, my mom and my sister. That's, that's what's going to happen. Just like I'm about to find something. Nope. Nope. Shush. Shush, Elton. Shush. That's that's it. I've had it between you and Iris and Huck. Because she told me that I have to live through painful moments in order to do the greater good, right? But her very own advice ends up being her undoing and she has to tell Elton. My point of this all being is that as you see Silas move through the universe without his friends, he discards the, the Walkman. And Elton, too, is embracing his newfound light in the night. Let's just say... Hope gives him the bead, Jupiter or Mars, whatever it is. Well, you know, (laughs) why not look at it as both things, right? Because if it is Jupiter, and it might actually be Jupiter, because now I'm convinced that the the bracelet that Amelia was wearing is just the planets, you know, around her wrist. Because I saw one of the beads was blue. They're not of varying sizes. They're all about the same size, but they all kind of look like planets. That's kind of cool. I kind of like that. That is very cool. Um, but let's say it is Jupiter. Jupiter would, in, in fact, mean Zeus, would mean the god of gods, let's say, you know? So that would be kind of like him bracing the truth. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sharon, he goes, I'm so embarrassed for you, Elton. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Nisa says everyone everyone's life changed that night except Huck she's still on a mission ooh yeah maybe yeah and Nisa says the father of gods yes Zeus is technically yes I mean even though some of the gods are brothers and sisters so but yes the father of gods yes it's a weird incestual thing yeah and and yes yeah and that's what I mentioned in the episode Mars would be war right Aries so which is why I flip back and forth between the two um, because I I regard it more as war from what we know about the sisters eventually have being against each other or something the one thing that i noticed about elton is that it doesn't hold it doesn't weaken him it actually gets him to get up when he actually wears the bead and he puts it on he says this is the truth and it it's gonna propel me forward it this gives me reasons to live you know now i know the whole bit of my mom and i have one more extra thing to regard her by too meaning i have one more i have an additional piece that i didn't have today that i didn't have yesterday this is what i this is what I've been saying the whole time too about, and I'm so glad I, uh, Iris and Elton say it twice in this episode about living in a lie. That's what I've been saying this whole time, man. Like I need the truth. I need that closure. And Elton, I mean, he shows us what is possible when you have the truth in the whole story. I mean, like you said, he uses it. It empowers him. You know, he knows which way is up now. <laughs> right. But you know what makes Elton better than both of us is that he doesn't need the truth. <laughs> he doesn't No, It's true though. Like he doesn't need the truth to determine how he feels about something and someone even though he silas could be a killer he still believes Mm -hmm. in him yeah yeah i I think uh, even silas could tell elton yeah i did it and elton would be like well but 
but <laughs> well, but you're my brother. So... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and I think Alton even recognizes that Silas is capable of this. I mean, he, he's absolutely capable of killing someone. But Alton points out, I've never seen you actually do any, do this without just cause. You right. know, it's either in defense of yourself or someone else. So if you did this, but Alton's basically telling him, if you did this, I know you did it for a good reason, and I'm right. okay with that. Or or a I mean, just a just reason. <laughs> just reason yeah well even hope kind of admits it too and i like the gradient of reactions to this let's talk about when he's about to get bit or eaten or scratched by this walker that represents his mom saying stay back hope as he's <sighs> resigning himself to the stars let's say the sky is a graveyard it gets quiet it gets quiet for a long time which is the opposite of what he's used to this noise this this music playing back and forth back and forth playing side to side tape by tape flip by flip on his walkman of this idealized version of his dad, it's very quiet. And the quiet in this instance is acknowledging the sky full of stars that is his idealized past, but it's also acknowledging the silence acknowledges that there's truth. You can't run away from it anymore. You have to acknowledge that this is this is it. This is your moment. You know, this is yeah. this is what's happening. And that's okay. You know, you're you're alive now. You always were alive. You just had to acknowledge that you have to be a part of the world, even though your world is ending. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's how he makes his peace. And then Hope ends the walker and she goes, what the hell, man? <laughs> right? <laughs> That made me laugh. Yeah. What the hell? But like by the end of it, she says like, you know, maybe you did do it. You know, I, I, I don't know if you meant to. That's that's another reaction to it. I don't know if you meant to. I think you did it. Right. Just, but I think, I think you, you did, did it. it. Yeah. 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 Not even definitive. Yes. Enough um, people have died already. Yep. Yes, Nisa. Well, this is in response to Silas asking just after, why did you save me? And Nisa says, enough people have died already. Let's say what Sharon D says. Like when Charlie asked Morgan why he saved her. And he said, it has to end somewhere the same feeling yep yeah it has to end. Wait, and like rick and everybody else like look the cycle of violence has to end somewhere all at war the end of all at war mm -hmm. you know we ha it has to stop well, somewhere I, I like i like that the conversation between huck and felix wasn't about whether or not to let silas live or kill him it was about whether or not he stays with the group or they just exile him like, right killing him was never even an option so i i like that i mean we've seen other well, situations where they're like oh well you you got to pay for this right like <laughs> like Negan in a way or yeah maybe like Earl Sutton yeah. and Henry and like being locked up for a little while Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so Sharon also mentions a good Huck Finn reference, uh, like the family, like the family feud in Huckleberry mm -hmm. Finn that ended with both families being wiped out because they didn't know when to end it somewhere, right? They, so they thought way ahead, yeah. and it's like it's not about killing Silas; it's about well, where do we draw the line? And maybe the line is you cannot join us, which again, right. which actually makes me think of like how effective that plan is because if they left Silas out there, Huck <laughs> says, "Do you think he'll follow?" And Felix goes, "No, he wanted a fresh start, and now he's now he's actually going to." get one this time with yeah. no people <laughs> but again i have to bring that up only in the sense like mostly in the sense of like huck needs to make sure that he's not going to follow she needs to make sure that her divide and conquer strategy worked because again yeah. killing tony and percy killing percy percy's dead i'm convinced it's there's just no <laughs> way there's not additionally because the fact that that hope and huck put a grave marker for percy do you know what i mean like there's just no yeah, but way there's no body yeah but huck knows there's a body they just can't get a hold of it i don't right think now. there is I just don't think there is. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny that you just say the this. Feeling. Hold on a just second. The feeling. Throughout this week, you've been going, oh, I, you even made an artwork about <laughs> Silas destroying, cutting Percy's head off. I did. And now you're I like, you, you're like convinced that he's not dead. 
Or, no, I don't think it. I, I, my, my paint, my picture was what I want to happen, right. but I don't think that's what ha actually happened. Uh, oh, and you know what? Uh, Nisa's with you, Rach. Yep. Yeah, I think he's out there somewhere. I think he's out there, and and if Huck had anything to do with killing Tony, I think Percy might pop back up and let the group know that and be the very thing that wedges that brings it about. Because like that actually makes makes me want to bring up the sneak peeks because in one of them, I, I was just thinking the same thing. Well, why don't you go ahead? You're you probably going to mention the same thing. There is a very quick flash of feel. Felix holding his gun on Huck mm -hmm. and then she disarms him. Yeah. And there's another scene down the line of Felix almost getting it with an S pole too. She, yes, we see Huck sweep someone's legs out. I'm going to assume it's Felix, but I can't confirm that. She yeah. sweeps out the legs and then we see Felix on the ground and he does one of these. Right. A roll or something. Like, kind. like trying to avoid something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he's sort of injured in the, in the next episode from like a walker encounter, let's say. Something happened. Or an empty encounter. Maybe it's Percy. Maybe Percy attacks him. Oh, wouldn't that be easy? <laughs> so, so Felix would be the one to kill Percy. <laughs> exactly. Well, think about it. Doing Huck's dirty work. Let's 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 play with this for a minute. I mean, imagine that Huck, that Percy sees Huck killing Tony. Huck comes after Percy. Percy hightails it out of there. The next time Percy sees Felix, wouldn't you, if you were Percy, wouldn't you assume that Felix was was of the same mind of as Huck? I mean, he if Felix sees Percy, he's going to attack him as well. Yeah, this is one of the scenarios that, that I thought of. Like, okay, what is the scenario here? Okay, maybe Percy thinks they're all in league and there's no way that she can trust all of them, so he, that's why he bolts. Yeah. And so seeing Felix would mean, oh, would confirm the idea that we had, which was I can't trust any of these people. Like you got this wild card, Silas. Huck is trying to kill me now. Additional <laughs> information. Obviously, Felix is going to want to kill me too, right? Mm -hmm. And then, mm -hmm. yeah. so, and Sharon, says, if somebody's <laughs> if somebody's hand gets cut off, I swear, referencing Fear the Walking Dead and Ginny. And then Nisa goes, yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh, oh my God. Those what? sneak peeks went by so fast. But and there were so, so much. many of them. And, but there's so much information so in just those sneak peeks. Like the focus on Iris of the asset, of course, probably not because it's probably hope. Because I think that's misleading. Yeah, exactly. Huck says, oh, there's a lot more going on than you know. Right. And then you see the flash of Leo, uh, Leo and Lila making out, which is what I'm saying it is. Mm -hmm. uh, I wrote Leo Bennett kissing a woman. It could be Lila. <laughs> there's a very good chance. Yeah, it's, it's very good. It's chance. most likely it's probably Lila. But I, <laughs> unless unless it's, it's just like a player, <laughs> unless it's just like a player, he's just getting left and right. He's getting ass. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh man! Why not? Why not? Right? Hope is Huck's daughter Hope with Leo. Daughter with Leo. <gasps> I don't. I'm still feeling. Well, well no. We. Uh, why would Leo have to adopt his own daughter? You just you asked the stupidest question. <laughs> why wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have to adopt his own daughter, is what I'm saying. Unless Kublik is in he on it. He wouldn't have to go through. Right. He wouldn't have to go through the channels of adopting his own biological daughter if that were the case. That's my point. <laughs> I see that happen all the time, though. Like parents, like parents that have previously abandoned their their daughters, have to actually readopt them, or or sons, whatever. It happens if they've legally given up rights. Then yeah. yes, but yeah, she was too young. Do you like, really they're all saying Leo? it in the chat. What? <laughs> like she was too. So Leo would have to sign off his rights to this child and then readopt her. The, come on, guys. It's a bit, <laughs> this it's is a, getting real messy. <laughs> well, the show's starting getting messy, so why don't we get messy? I'm just kidding. I agree with you. Don't, no. Don't, don't. I, th I think... <laughs> 
The thing is, I, I think agree it's more with likely you. Huck and Hope are sisters. <laughs> everybody's everybody's confused. Nobody knows what's going on. Everybody has theories. <laughs> it's a clusterfuck. Oh my god! This is what I'm saying, though. This is why I didn't want to cover this episode. Like that, I had that hesitation in my oh gut, my like god. saying, "Oh my god, are we really going to go through all of this?" Because the crazy is happening. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It's not like I disagree I, with any of you. All of you make sense, which is why this is very annoying. <laughs> It could all be right. Right. It could all. It could all be right. <laughs> They'll make it all right. I'm more convinced that that Hope and Huck could be sisters than a mother daughter relationship. Yeah, yeah I like your I theory more way likely. better. It's just so much cleaner. It's just, <laughs> can we just say that? Right. It's so much less complicated yes. than than so much cleaner relinquishing. <laughs> than okay, having let's say an abortion, getting the father's disappointment, joining the Marines, thinking that will make him proud of her again. Again, we're trying to mm. clean up the messier theory, which might be right. <laughs> and then coming back from the Marines, the, you know, obviously the world turning to shit, which by the way, leads me to what, remember the question that we asked, what happened to the people she saved in the tunnels, the civilians yeah, whom yes. she had to kill her brothers in arms for Kublik citizens of the Republic. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Citizens yeah. of the civic Republic. She already had an mm -hmm. in. She was already part of the civil de defense Kublik's mom, let's say yeah. whom I'm have to assume split up from her dad at some point and they're divorced. Or he's dead. I mean, is it possible that Huck's dad could be dead? Between the time she joined the At Marines? This point? And well, still... I just mean right now in time. Oh, now, now. Like, is well, it the present present? Right. Oh, yeah, I have to While assume. her and Kublik are in the trailer, I kind of got the impression he was gone. He was dead, dead so die. Oh, Nisa thinks he died pre-apocalypse. Wait, Huck is Leo's biological daughter? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> She's just trying to make a bigger mess. <laughs> that, don't, that don't make no thing. That don't make no thing. Maybe you think hope. Oh man. Yeah. That's even worse yeah, in some no, ways. I, I agree, Nisa. I agree with Nisa that she says the way Elizabeth touches the watch, it, it looks as if she's sort of remembering someone. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I just, I think he might be deceased, but they have to be split up, right? Because of the different names or unless they decide to take different names. And I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. This is breaking my brain. Well, guys. My headache is definitely bad. Malik. <laughs> I mean, Malik could be her dad's name, and maybe Kublik went back to her maiden name when she joined the military. Right. Or the civil defense, maybe? <laughs> which does, which, well, yeah. By the way, yeah. it doesn't sound like a civil defense isn't like a huge military <laughs> operation. Oh, I think Sharon, he just nailed it. Yeah, Nisa says, Hope's mom <laughs> is Madison. We're, we brought it back. Hope's mom is Madison. Yep. We solved the mystery. <sighs> I knew Madison's family was a messy relationship. And of course, now Nisa's dying. We brought it back. I can't believe we brought it back. I'm trying to keep that dead, just like Madison. Yes. <laughs> Madison is dead, Reddit. Madison is dead. Madison dead. Madison is dead. dead. As much as I don't want her to be, I cannot keep going through these jokes. <laughs> these jokes are- <laughs> I love it. Like beating a dead horse. <laughs> I am known for that. I am very well aware of how I beat a dead horse when I tell a joke. But I can't put that on you guys. <laughs> can't do it with leo oh my gosh oh 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 nisa said madison she lost said she lost a baby once maybe the baby didn't die she gave it up fuck this shit <laughs> like this no madison's dead her baby's dead everybody's dead God damn it everybody's dead i'm gonna have a freak madison's out on dead. air madison's dead I don't, because here's the thing this is because i'm echoing some some previous lines that have been said on the show she has to be because otherwise <laughs> Like Leo has to be okay because otherwise I have to blame myself. Yeah. Madison has to be dead oh. or else it gets things complicated. Yeah. Uh, no, and where's, where's Will? We've never she seen Will. We've never seen Will. I want to see a yeah. picture of this Will. He must be hot to have that sweet ass, <laughs> to have that sweet Felix. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Felix. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm a manly man. I know. I'm a little worried that we haven't seen Will yet, right? Like, what if Will died? I mean, if he died, then he died off screen. And then that's just way less complicated, isn't it? Oh, shut <laughs> up. No, he? Charity. <laughs> Hope's mom, Hope's mom is Madison. <laughs> Will, Will is actually Heath, which, okay. No, I don't think that's the case, but here's the thing. Where does Heath show up? Right? Cause we, it, all of this is making us forget about Heath. And so. Oh, I haven't forgotten about Heath. <laughs> that's a Sharendy right there. She, she just, you just Sharendy it all over this. <laughs> just like, right. Sorry. <laughs> My brain's working overtime now thinking about where is Heath? Wait, just where like, just like Otis is a verb now. God, you just sharendy it. Yeah. Just sharendy it all over. <laughs> this podcast we don't know what to do now we have to get the sharing d off of us because it was a good it's a good point it's a good point well what if what if will was the spy the whole time too like his escort yeah leo's escort Ooh, yeah but he's in in the cr isn't he will and leo are inside the cr yeah exactly But what if he was part of, what if Will came aboard the Civic Republic a long time ago as a sleeper? Yeah, like just to investigate, you know, have a spy mm. in the camp. And again, I'm, we're spinning our wheels here, but what if? And then like the entire time we're, we're worried, quote unquote, about Will or Felix is worried <laughs> about Will, yet Will had been with them the entire time. Just like Huck. Just like, what the Huck already, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Charity's like, sorry, I ruined your squawking dead podcast in a Forrest Gump voice. <laughs> I said that like Felix though, but by default, Sarah Rouge Squawking Day Podcast. <laughs> uh, anyway, oh yeah, that that hurts too. Benisa's mm-hmm. saying Huck is a spy. She befriended Felix from the beginning. Mm, so did Will. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> what if they're both in on it? Yeah, poor Felix. I would feel the worst for Felix. Yeah, I mean, can I tell you something though? I feel bad for Huck too, in a way. So one of the things I said was Huck, like Morgan, cannot break away from the plan long enough to adapt. It's all about getting the girls to their father, but at what cost? And then I wrote, all the costs. <laughs> she, but that's the thing that really breaks my heart. Huck is literally an example of taking her theory about keeping the past a secret to its conclusion. Something that we mentioned about hope and hoping that doesn't happen. Part of keeping the secret is reflexive. So you keep people, the person you're keeping the secret away from safe, but then you pay the price. The PTSD, mm-hmm. the, the guilt, them operating on separate principles hurts you, but also hurts them. You're hurting both people, right? So Huck is literally the example of, let's say, what happened if Hope kept the secret the entire time into adulthood, blah, blah, blah. The theory of keeping the past the secret to its ultimate conclusion. She becomes a slave to the Civic Republic military as a result because part of her secret involves betraying her brothers. So now she's attaching herself to another brotherhood, you know, all while keeping this a secret. And and this makes perfect sense of why one of the big questions that we had in the last episode was what is keeping her from telling everybody the secret or to explain where she came from, why she holds on to the name Huck, you know, as opposed to her actual name. Or maybe she's keeping mm-hmm. that part of herself buried, but then why not tell that part of her past is kind of like a lesson, you know, like not keeping a secret. Well, because she, because she attached herself to this replacement version of her brothers in arms. Oh, I can do it again and do it right this time and not fall into the same. But I have, a, this is why I feel bad about Huck is that I don't care what we see in the sneak peeks. I don't care. <laughs> Huck is still part of this goddamn story. And there's no way yeah. that in the final moments, she's not going to do the same thing she did back then that is part of who she 
is. You know, that is the hero that I want to see. And oh my God, I'm getting, why am I getting emotional? That is the uh, hero. That is the hero that I see in her <laughs> waiting to burst out again. That is who you are. Yeah. You know, I, I agree one, 100%. I mean, like, like you said, I mean, the, the sneak peeks for next week make Huck out to look like a really bad guy, but I just don't see it. She has been telling us all along, you know, you got to do bad things for good reasons. And, and just she, like she truly believes that. It, yeah. Just like her mom. And she truly believes it. And I think we see it too. We see it over and over again, you know, saving hope from Walter, you know, she does. She, she always does the right thing, even if it's something bad. Yeah. But I don't, I don't see her as an enemy and, and I don't think she's going to be an enemy. And it sucks because like you want to criticize her. You do because there are things that she does like killing again. I'm going to say Tony and Percy just for the sake of brevity, you know, <laughs> but Tony, definitely yeah. Tony for sure. Right. Yeah. And yet I like, she's doing all of this operating on this trauma like this, but like being a part of yeah. this brotherhood, which makes her think that the past is dead and the past is overwritten by this, probably this good, you know, making the, the past count for something good. And this is her way mm -hmm. of doing that, but it's not enough. Yeah. You know what I just realized? Um, it was just after Tony and Percy shared with the rest of the group that they were planning on sticking around that, that he finally was killed. Right. Right. Exactly. And this was mm. not according to Huck's plan. She's like, okay, we'll drop mm -hmm. you off and, and send you on your way. That works. We're good with that. That, yep. ma that makes the already hard road ahead of us easier. Mm -hmm. This is why we like, Once they we decide to stick around. She's and we like, Sorry, guys. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and so embarrassing to Tony and Percy. Oh, my God. That's so funny. And then and even me joking about saying that is I think back to Huck with the shutter shade glasses. Like, it's like that, that. <laughs> I like that sort of look uh -huh. and yeah. it makes me sad. I think, like, she's, I think she's caring about these people. I don't know if she was supposed to, or if this was just supposed to be a mission, but I think she truly genuinely cares about the people in this group, you know, and it, and the fact that she is aligned with Elizabeth kind of makes me feel like maybe Elizabeth isn't as bad as we thought either. I mean, she was clearly upset about what she had to do at campus colony. Maybe Huck and Elizabeth are taking down CRM from the inside. Oh, that's a tall order. I think Nisa said that earlier, actually not here like uh like a couple episodes no, maybe ago it was here yeah yes she sharon has been saying that yeah part of the strategy <laughs> though is to divide and conquer is to separate the rest of her friends from the asset so that's going to be the the teller this is going to be the tell like how far she's willing to go i i don't know mm -hmm. i don't want to i don't want to believe that i, I think it'll mm -hmm. get to it that gets bad i don't either yeah so yeah again it's not about bad or good at, at some point it's about turning it around right like finding out what when is it enough like hope gets it again like i'll say it again hope gets it right away i think you did do it i don't know you, that you meant to but you did do it i think you did and so mm -hmm. taking all these lessons and finding conclusions and finding a semblance of right and wrong and i think she's gonna well another flashback scene is hope holding a gun to who knows who too mm -hmm. and who that person mm -hmm. is hope could be huck let's say could be huck one would think iris because of the could be percy interesting <laughs> Oh gosh. Could be Silas for all we know. Yeah, I mean Nisa saying Elizabeth didn't want to kill all those people. We saw that. Yeah, I guess maybe with the tears we saw that. She didn't say that. She said she said they were a threat. They were about to. Barka, get the fuck into into therapy. And then she needs therapy. <laughs> so yeah, I think she I think that's no matter how cruel that's why I always think about how hard it must be to be like a, an elected official. Like how you have to make your peace with so many awful, awful decisions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because Nisa says, 
yeah, she can't agree with Barca. Yeah, yeah, and, and her and her, I I think people will still commit to their principles, though. You know, they still they'll hop away like nothing's wrong, even though something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, some some things you can't Absolutely. walk away. We definitely with. saw we saw remorse yeah. in that scene for sure. She didn't she didn't need to say it. <laughs> we saw it. There is also the possibility of in the next episode leaving Felix behind. Hope is suggesting they leave Felix behind because he could barely walk, and Iris is challenging Hope on that, like protesting. So we're just going to leave him behind. Yeah, that's that's really all that's left. Like the the only one other takeaway is like okay, Kublik says isolating her from the others is critical, and it focuses on Iris in that one scene just afterwards. So, but mm -hmm. that's that's really it. Silas is telling Elton that he shouldn't have come. There's that, and then later on, Elton looks on as Silas gives himself up up for him to CR. I guess apparently there's not much, but there's a lot. <laughs> In just that little bit that apparently is probably going to go nowhere because Huck is going to save the day. Huck is going to save the day. That's I'm convinced of it. So there was just one one part in the sneak peeks. I wanted to see if you saw what I did. The um the clip of the helicopter landing in the field with Kubla coming out. Yes, but right before that, just just the helicopter like landing into the field. The very last split second on the left hand side of the screen, we see someone's hair. Like someone's walking into the field as the helicopter. You didn't see this. I rewound it and looked. I I rewatched it like thirty seven times. It looks like Hope's hair or Huck. Could it be? It to me, it looked like black. Hope's hair. D distinctly black. Yes. Short enough. Like no highlight. Yep. Sh the length was right. There were no highlights. It was like solid color. Meaning did, hope, hope is the asset. Did Charity or Nisa see this? Right. I'm wondering what's happening. Like is Huck taking hope to the helicopter or like what? Okay. I wanted to make sure I didn't imagine this or somehow mesh the scenes together, mm -hmm. but it looked like hope was walking towards this helicopter as it was landing. You know, there's a picture on your face right okay. now. There will be. There's a picture on your face right now with, <laughs> with the screen screenshot you're talking about and then we're gonna have to talk about it in the yes. chat as we as we premiere yes. it yeah yes i mean the audio podcast <laughs> won't see the chat but if you audience yeah. if you do have something to say about it rate this podcast.com slash squawking dead please it's your way of communicating with us five stars in that <laughs> plant or telling us what you think probably i want to know if i'm crazy yeah i think it's like only apple podcasts <laughs> and pod chaser i think that have rating systems and comments so but yeah let oh, us geez. know <laughs> i'm gonna th go through some of my huck comments so in the process of taking out tony and I put I did put a question mark just to satisfy you a little bit, but I have to play <laughs> that other side of like okay, but what if and then okay, so um, and in effect <laughs> took out Silas and Elton. So a lot of the work is done. I think mm. the only two that are left now is Iris and uh, or Hope, depending on who it really is, Iris right. and Hope, or and definitely Felix. Mm -hmm. So that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Okay, now was she the soldier that that Hope or Iris? I don't remember who it was that said that they referenced in the initial episode. <laughs> remember the initial episode they gave us a, sol a soldier. Oh yeah, and we give them our, right. our dad. So yep. I, I I don't know if that's it. Maybe they know mm -hmm. something. I I don't know something. I don't know. I just don't know. You're right. So that was the one thing I wanted yeah, to chew on. I asked who was the soldier. I was like, oh yeah, we know who it is. Duh. Like no, we don't. We don't know anything. <laughs> no. Okay. So who's... Uh, yeah, and after this episode, I know even less. Right. So <laughs> and then who who is the asset? Hey, we don't know. We don't know really. We're I'm feeling strongly strongly that it's hope, but. Because it, it's obviously Iris, but it's not, right? That's what we're thinking. I feel, yeah, I feel like they're pushing Iris too hard. And so it makes me look at Hope. Yeah. Not to and, mention Huck and Hope are spending a lot of time together. So, yeah. and Sharon D. Singh's saying we thought it was Barca because obviously, right? But mm, yeah, probably, mm -hmm. probably uh, Huck. I don't know. I don't really think girls 
Eagles know? Let's think. I have no idea. Nobody knows what's going on. They just throw these lines out. And then we just, just like, wait, who are you talking about? Anyway, again, the reason why I think the civilians that Huck saved became part of the Civic Republic was based on that fucking orange. It's because like, okay, they were ready from the beginning, sort of. That's crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anyway, so yeah. And then the last note I wrote was Kublik Malik. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, possibly. Or, I mean, we're assuming that uh, Elizabeth and Huck's dad were even married. I mean, having a child together does not necessarily mean you got married. Oh, as we've seen with, uh, well, well, no, I think Leo and Carrie were married. <laughs> so I, yeah, they they were both Bennets. <laughs> but we're, we're all ta- talking, we're, we're just talking about different family structures, too. Like, Elton regards everybody in his group as family. So, boo! I want to des- describe one more thing, and that's something we didn't say when we were talking about Silas putting down his headphones. Let me take a step back and take a step forward. Did you notice that instead of Silas hunched over, being all timid and Silas-y, that he's standing tall as he's walking away? And in the in in the sneak peeks, he's tall. He's you can actually see his neck. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. He is unburdened. I wanted I wanted to bring it up earlier when we were talking about Silas putting his his Walkman down, but the the expression on his face just looks so peaceful as he's walking away too. Like or like clear clarity. (sighs) Yes. Relief, but almost. This is especially as he has the headphones discarded. Because even when he takes down the mm-hmm. walker, there's like a in process to it. Like it's he's moving forward. He's taking every step. Every step is a, a bigger relief. Like now it's off my chest. I know mm-hmm. what I am, but I know I can get a fresh start. And this is the thing that really kills yeah. me the most is that like him actually admitting who he is. It, it just it just further confirms that he didn't do it. You know, mm-hmm. I know what I am. I know what I'm capable of. I know what I've done. You know, and even if this is the case, even if I kill Tony and Percy. Well, I must have had a good reason or something like that, or whatever it is. You know, at least somebody believed in me. And I mm-hmm. Iris wanted to believe in me. Maybe that's enough. This person wanted to believe in me. Maybe that's enough. And maybe I should just mm-hmm. let go. You know, enough people in my life yeah. believed in me. Maybe I can let go. Yeah. I, maybe he can start believing in himself. I love Nisa, what Nisa pointed out too. Say it. Nisa says he takes out that walker like it's nothing. This is the first time we've seen Silas do that with confidence. He didn't hesitate. He didn't get into his head about it. He just, he did what needed to be done. I didn't write that down, but it's definitely worth noting. I didn't even. I know I didn't either. He picks up the uh, the two by four, and Eric goes, "Oh, he's going hacksaw Jim Duggan." <laughs> <laughs> what was the thing he used to do? No, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I love hacksaw. He'd come out with way. the two by four. Yeah, he'd come out with the two by and look, four. And, and this but is not going to be for the audio funny, crowd. That was Silas' new weapon, right? But he made, he would always make that look like he would stick his thumb up in the air, like. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, podcast audience. I, crazy, I, can't des- uh, yeah. I can't describe Hacksaw Jim Duggan's face and the thumbs up. You're just going to have to look that yeah. one up. <laughs> if you don't know, you got to find out. <laughs> but I would so want to see Silas do that or Hal Cumpson. Yeah. <laughs> I also, yeah. Yes, right? That would be that would be really funny. Excellent. Um, I hope, well, I don't know. I guess it would just kind of be funny but pointless if uh, Elton picks up the Walkman and tries to return it to Silas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but what would happen? Silas would be like, no, no, no. If you want it, you can I'm have good. it. <laughs> yeah, I've I've elevated. I'm good. <laughs> See, Elton can't catch a break. First, the, the jacket for Hope. It's like, oh, Hope, you look cold. Here's my jacket. He's like, no, no, I'm good. Silas, here's your Walkman. No, no, I'm good. <laughs> Why won't anybody take anything Aww. from me? Aww. Right. Oh, shucks. Aww. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. The poor Elton, right? Uh, <laughs> he just gets rejected left and right. Yeah. But he, he refuses to back down, though. That's the thing I love about him. This character, let's say. He's not real. He's not real. Just have to remember that. And 
know Nonisa, he's not real. He's not real. <laughs> Silas, Elton, no, none of them are real. It's not real. <laughs> <laughs> they are real. They're not. It's, it's still real to me, damn it. You know, you know better than that. You know better than to say that. You're goddamn it. You're you're like a therapist. You're a psychologist, man. I'm gonna, gonna, I'm gonna pop you. I'm gonna make you see the light. I'm gonna I'm gonna light your night. <laughs> no, no, no. We have to live in the truth. Wait, hold on. I'm gonna pretend like I'm, I'm shaking you, Nisa. You gotta live in the truth, Nisa. You gotta, you gotta live in the present. <laughs> We're all mad down here. We're all mad. The only the only thing that I will end off with is the beautiful analogy that um, Iris attempts to bring up, and then Elton kind of crushes it <laughs> in the best possible way as they're looking up in the sky. And I love that they, we haven't really seen an Elton-Iris interaction, and actually maybe for good reason, because they might actually be more hopeful avatars than we take them for. And that's, mm -hmm. Iris goes on about something Hope and she had said when they were kids, is that, you know, the, light, the stars that you see in the sky have died out m millions of years ago. And Elton just kind of turns around and says, well, actually, well, actually, <laughs> excuse me, uh, actually, um, actually, they're not that far away than you think. You know, the stars that you can actually see in the, with the naked eye are ones that actually aren't that far away. So they might be more alive than you think they are. And we're seeing Iris in a particularly vulnerable moment where maybe this, the sky is a graveyard. You know, maybe there is nothing to people, nothing redeeming. And, and maybe it's, it's, it's just not worth trying to see the light in the darkness, lighting the night. Hmm. And Elton's like, no one's gone till they're gone that was what i took mm -hmm. out of that you know yeah assuming that they're gone yeah if you assume that they're gone you they're already gone to you but they're not as gone mm -hmm. as you think they are it takes a little believing to bring them back that was pretty much what i took from it too so si you know iris was trying to make sense of the silas situation <laughs> right right like trying to maybe fit her her um circle peg into a square box of hope mm -hmm. let's say of hope's box let's say and that is you know, some people want to do that to please other people hope outright says you know uh, we have to think of the greater good she says this to elton at some point you have to think she crosses her arms too we have to think of the greater good and elton's like that is the greater good we need to be family we need to be together and then iris you know she's talking to iris and then we need to get to our dad and and uh and iris is like trying to put that in you know that fit that square peg into a circle hole and it just cannot do it i think when she's talking to elton like maybe that is true maybe this is sky is just a beautiful graveyard you know and yeah and it's just elton won't won't elton with everything just won't let things die you know he cannot because it's all he has like I like that he's a character in this universe because he's a great reminder and a living reminder of family is what you make of it. And I'm not willing to throw out the very little that I have for the sake of something grander or bigger. He is the present. He is the here and now. He is what is good in the here and now. Yeah. So he's he's going to be there to remind everybody of the good moving forward. You know. And again, this is kind of like the Michonne problem. Like if you destroyed a whole bunch of people to get to Rick, then what was it for? Mm -hmm. Rick wouldn't have wanted wanted that. For for you neither does neither neither does leo bennett you know if you had to do all this bad to get to me what was it for what can i be proud of and so i'll leave you guys with that how about that nope. what good is it for <laughs> huck what what good is it for the greater good if you had to do a whole bunch of bad to get there and she's that is one of the lines she says in the preview she hammers it even harder than in this episode yeah and then nisa says it's all about the future 
Yeah, it's about the future. Again, so we're going, we're regressing to even Campus Colony. Like, Campus Colony was all about the future. And these kids are too far in the present to go back. Okay, so Sharon, he says, mm -hmm. I can't remember the correct quote, but it's something like, What does it do to a man to do good if it costs him his soul? Or something like that. <laughs> well, saying, if you do the things you do for good, but they are, but it's costing you your soul, is it really that good? Right. Where's what's Where is the gradient? Where is the limit? Like, how far do you go? Is what you're doing all that good if it's costing you your soul in the process? Yeah, and Nisa follows up with yes, because it's not for you. You're doing it for the future. Hmm. Oh, okay. So, yeah, Nisa's saying, it is worth it. So that's where we're going to leave you, folks. Uh, if you've liked what you've heard and you're listening on various podcast platforms, why don't you tell us what we're doing right or wrong on ratethispodcast.com slash squawking dead. Leave us five stars in an eggplant or write us more. Let us know how we're doing, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. It's a good way to communicate with us. Have a conversation with us through those ratings. And if you really like us, you want to follow us, follow our journey, head over to ko-fi.com slash squawking dead and just follow us there. When you do, you'll know when we drop our sessions and our unedited recordings and you can decide whether or not to buy us a coffee when you buy us a coffee you get 30 days of access to our supporter back posts why are you laughing <laughs> they're killing me <laughs> they're killing me in the chat and i can't keep it together <laughs> you're not doing it short okay well here we go <laughs> what's happening folks <laughs> for non-coffee backers and if you subscribe to coffee month the party keeps rolling <laughs> <laughs> so join us actually join us in the chat as we record these episodes get the unedited episodes of which because you missed it there's something just happened right now that we cut out to that you will have access to now so just saying you didn't see it but it's it was worth there. the three dollars <laughs> Just because you don't see it doesn't mean that it isn't there. Oh, it's there. It's oh my there. God. Holy shit. Buys nine coffees. <laughs> Charity says, you don't know what happened. You don't know what happened. Gotta buy a coffee and find That's out. That's for the people, for the people who back us. Anyways. So yes, thank you for joining us. Have a great, I, I hope this made some sense out of this episode, but we'll see you in the next one. Fear the Walking Dead coming up mm -hmm. next on episode 116. See you soon. Bye. Thank you. I hope you like Bye. this mic, by the way. <laughs> Take care, y'all. I like it. Now that we figured it out. Yeah, no kidding. We had some trouble before. Another supportive back content post. Take care, folks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>